What do you do when you realize that you're a woman trapped in a man's body? What do you do when you realize the man you married is a woman? In this series, we reflect on our past to discuss how we got here and explore where we can go from this point moving forward. Hi, and welcome to The Rage. My name is Jennifer Termini. And I'm Callista Termini. And Callista's back with us this week. She was not with me because she's recovering from more surgeries. <laughs> more surgeries indeed. Yeah, I had body contouring surgery, um, which basically uh, was where they did liposuction of my uh, chest and what they actually call the trunk, which I guess is everything between my boobs and my butt. Um, and so took all of that fat and uh, put it mostly in my my hips and and my butt to give me um, more of a feminine shape, uh, which was definitely a big uh, sore spot in terms of dysphoria for me. Um, I'm wearing a bodysuit right now, which is sort of like a compression garment. Wait, um, hold on. This sounds like you're launching into an episode about recovery. We were going to do a separate episode about we that. Will. We will. So I won't talk anymore about that um, and just say that. Yeah. So anyway, I am doing well and it's been a crazy week, um, but I'm, I'm back and I've been working and doing doctor's appointments, but uh, fortunately we've got a little time where we can do Zoom um, and hopefully uh, next week we will be able to do more in person. Yeah, so today's episode is about a viewer's question. We have a brand new patron. Her name is Zelda Love. Thank you, Zelda, for becoming a patron. And thank you for taking the time to write us those thoughtful questions that we will be answering one by one today. Yes, thank you so much. Um, so uh, what is the first question? Okay. Pull up my notes here. Um, first question. She wants to know about male dynamics and have you experienced a difference in the way cisgendered men treat you and talk to you? Yes, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, and boy, that's a loaded question. Um, you know, first of all, uh, it's been fairly positive. Uh, most of the people who I deal with are in the um, mental health, uh, you know, uh, in healthcare and things like that. So there's a lot of, um, I, I think that, you know, it's a very compassionate um, and empathetic uh you know, profession, obviously. So that's gone fairly well. Um, you know, uh, if I was working in the entertainment industry like I was before, I think it would be very different. I have friends that are trans women also and have noticed how they've been uh, sort of closed out of conversations. Uh, you know, it's that idea of, you know, in, in a boardroom, they're not uh, or during a conference or a meeting, they're not paid attention to. So uh, I haven't really personally experienced that, but I would say that what I have experienced is a lot of the feminine and masculine dynamics at play being obviously viewed as a 
just another woman and, uh, you know, receiving compliments. And it's actually interesting. I get a lot more compliments from other women. Um, I was wearing a dress one time where a woman actually was driving in her car and I was walking on the sidewalk and she, you know, uh, leaned over and roll down her window to say how much she liked my dress. So oh, funny. Well, that actually leads into another one of Zelda's questions that we can address. Yeah, is, but, but hold on. But I was going to say also, I have been subject to, uh, you know, to what do I want to call it? Um, misogynistic uh, comments from men, certainly being, you know, uh, treated in the like, workplace or on the street or in oh, the bar. You like at a bar. Um, and, you know, uh, pick up lines or just, you know, I, I'm, you know, even like when I was, you know, on dating apps, uh, the language, the expectations. Um, and so I definitely experienced that as well. Uh, you know, with respect, again, to my industry, I think mine is one where there's a lot of compassion and a lot of empathy. And I, especially working, most of my colleagues are in are working also with, you know, non-binary and gender uh, and a gender diverse uh, population. Um, So that in of itself creates an amount of awareness that is probably not present uh, in just general industry. I will say this though, like if I go to places where I know that I'm going to be in a male dominated space, I'm definitely much more aware and sensitive about, you know, my surroundings and making sure that I'm safe and taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Been at a supermarket, had had a man go and say to me one time, you should smile, like you should smile more kind of thing. Oh, and, like women are just supposed to look pretty and smile and be yeah. here for, for the viewing pleasure of, of the male species. Yeah, exactly. Like. I don't feel like smiling. I don't have to smile. You didn't smile? You didn't snap too? No, I didn't go. Beautiful thing? No, it's like, I don't need to perform for you, you know? So anyway, and that, that's that some of that gendered language and that expectation. And in a way, it's also, it's a, it's a, you know, while it's very low level, it's harassment, you know? It's being like you said, like, I'm here for your, you know, pleasure. Like, no, you know, honey, why don't you turn around? Why don't you do a little dance for me? I wish you'd done like a bit of a Joe Pesci thing or not Joe Pesci. Who's the guy that goes, am I here for your amusement? Is oh, that no, Joe, that's Pesci? Joe Pesci. Do, like, I, do, I, do you? I abuse you? Yeah. Do you find me funny? Am I funny like a clown? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great if you launched into that. That guy would have <laughs> pooped his pants. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah. So, um, you know, but it's sort of like, I, I get it. It's it's something that I've been experiencing for a while now. So I just kind of, I shrug it off. It doesn't bother me because I recognize I'm in control of my power. Um, and I don't, you know, give that power over to people who don't deserve it. I don't give it to the person on the street who, you know, wants to, you know, uh, whether it be to, um, you know, sorry, I'm blanking on the word. Cat call you or heckle you like that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, um, or, and I haven't really run into the situation too much where, you know, someone has, you know, outed me on the street or clocked me, so to speak. So that hasn't been so much of an issue, but, um, 
But I recognize like I get to decide if what somebody says affects me or not. I own that power and I'm not giving my power over to somebody else just because they say something that I don't like, especially if it's a stranger. It's a different story when it's with, you know, loved ones and people that you care about. But again, that's about setting appropriate boundaries. Um, And that's something that we all need to do, not just me, you know, and it doesn't and it's not just a trans thing, um, but in terms of developing, you know, better self um, self care and self assurance and feeling, you know, the value of myself, so and, and loving myself, recognizing that, you know, setting boundaries um, is important. That's how I make sure that I'm being authentic and I'm not self sabotaging myself emotionally. Yes. Can we get on to compliments? <laughs> yes. We'll move on to that portion. Okay. So um, compliments. When the question is, when I receive a compliment about the way, where am I? The way I look and dress, it has an amazing effect on me and it helps me with gender expression and affirms who I am as a trans woman. How can allies give trans women compliments that are appropriate and that don't go on too long and make you feel uncomfortable? Sure. Well, I think the better way for me to explain that is to tell people what not to do. Um, I do not want to hear from a cisgendered person um, that they're proud of me or how brave I am. Mm. Um, Is that belittling? It feels belittling. It feels as though it's condescending. And I'm like, again, it's sort of like this whole thing, like, I don't need your condescension. And they may think that they're being like uh, complimentary because like they're coming from this place of, oh, I can't imagine. And it's, you must be so brave. And, you know, but the point is, is it's sort of like it's othering, you know, as if I'm, you know, somehow, you know, um, I don't want to say a second class citizen because that doesn't feel right. Um, but it's this idea of creating difference. It's an idea of saying, again, like I'm in, I'm deserving of, you know, praise for being myself. And when the reality is, is that as a trans person, what I just want to be treated like is just any other woman. I just want the same um, access and availability to uh, public spaces and, you know, and, you know, and female only spaces as any other woman does. I don't want to be othered. I don't want to be treated differently. I don't want to tell, be told that I'm special because I'm not. It's just, it's just me. I'm just a regular person. There's nothing. And, and so again, by saying like, oh, you know, look at how brave you are. Again, it's, it, it comes from this place of good intentions, but I interpret it as, you know, condescension and othering, and I don't need that. So, you know, what's interesting. Can I just go finish? I don't want to be accused of interrupting you. (laughs) You've done it before. So go ahead. Obviously, I'm trying not to. Okay, go ahead. So in the episode that I did yesterday by myself, I mentioned that I think it takes a lot of courage for like I I said, I don't feel sorry for trans people, but I think that they have courage. It takes a lot of courage to come out. It takes courage to 
go out when you're not fully transitioned and you're still feeling in between. I did not mean that as an insult. Would that have been, would that be received as othering and, and insulting for a trans person to hear that? It probably would. Um, and again, um, you're not, it's, it's, I get what you're saying and you're not wrong. Um, you know, it's one thing for, I think, another, for one trans person to talk to another and say, you know, this is the hardest thing you will ever do. And, you know, it takes a, a lot of strength and you have to be compassionate with yourself and all of that. But I think that from coming from one trans person to another, it's received well because we understand things in a way that, you know, and I don't mean this to sound rude, but you just can't understand. Um, you can't uh, just like you giving birth to a child. I have no idea what that, you know, experience is like, um, even as a woman, uh, I don't have access to that. So I wouldn't claim to know or to even begin to understand what that feels like. Does that mean that um, acceptance is not important uh, and and having empathy? No, absolutely. So I think like the empathy um, that is generated and given by, you know, saying how how brave and how hard and all of that is valid. But it certainly isn't something that anybody other than a trans person can understand, truly. Right. And it's not to be used as a as a compliment of like your appearance or anything like that. Like, like so courageous of you to be out today in a dress. Like, <laughs> no, don't say that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Just say you look fabulous. Yes. Well, right? here's, here's the thing. That not good. No, I think that's wonderful. I think that. um you know, if somebody says to me, gosh, you just look really great. I, I appreciate that. Um, or how think, about you look happy? Yes. Is that, bad? Is that good? No, that's so happy. That's that. No, that's so happy. You look joyful, you know, or you those, look. Those are all wonderful compliments. I mean, just think about the types of compliments that you like. I don't even necessarily mind when somebody says you look really beautiful. Like, I really do appreciate that. Um, when it's not coming from a, you know, sexualized place. So for example, like if I'm getting coffee at Starbucks and literally this is more happens, you know, more with other women, obviously, where if a woman goes and says something like, oh my God, like, I really like your nails. Um, I'm like, thank you. Or, oh my God. That's gosh. better because it's not about your, your physical appearance. It's or your mood or your state of mind. It's like, what a nice blouse you have. I really like that ring. That's better, huh? Yeah, I like those kind of compliments. Yeah, and, and normally, again, talking about, you know, coming from other women, it feels authentic. It doesn't feel like a come on or, you know, like, um, like, oh, I'm thank you. Like I'm supposed to be appreciative. You know, it and feels there's, there's no ulterior motive. They're just no. making a compliment of something that they might like to wear or they're yeah. just enjoying the way it looks yeah, on you. Yeah. And to that end, <laughs> there's been times when uh, before my transition, again, using the Starbucks as the example, there would be someone who would be working there and would have like really nice nails or have really cool hair or something about them, a tattoo or whatever. And 
I, and I would want to say something like, oh my gosh, like, I really like, that's really pretty, or I really like that. But I never would, because I was afraid that it would come across as if, you know, I was hitting on them. And so I never would say anything. Um, Whereas now, oh gosh, no problem. Yeah. I'll say like, how lovely something is. And, and I know that they appreciate it because it's coming from a place of, you know, um, you know, really liking something about them, you know, in terms of their appearance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything so, else about compliments? Well, I just think, you know, like with any other, like being trans, again, I think the landmine is, you know, treat us just like any other man, woman, or if it's a non-binary person, you can compliment them about so many things that doesn't have to do with their gender identity, their sexual identity, or, um, you know, or, or, you know, being proud of them or anything like that. Because again, we are just people like everybody else. And you wouldn't go up to like, I wouldn't go up to you and say, gosh, you know, I'm, it's, it's, you must feel so proud for being a woman, you know? Yeah. Or I'm so proud of you for wearing braces, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, know? like it must be so hard to be a woman. Like if someone came up to you and said, it must like, if, if a guy came up to you and said, Oh my gosh, Jennifer, it must be so hard to be a woman. You have to deal with so much. Oh gosh. You know, I just can't even imagine that would feel condescending. Wouldn't it? Yes. And I was just thinking about the types of compliments that I enjoy. I like things more along the lines of you have a nice smile. I like your laugh. You have nice eyes or what you said back there was thought provoking. Um, That was impressive. The way you handled something, something like that, rather than sexual comments. But I, I here's one thing I don't love and I know people don't mean it in a bad way but whenever I look nice I'm typically told you look fantastic have you lost weight (laughs) right I don't love that because quite often I haven't lost weight sometimes I've even gained weight I'm just wearing a belt or something that shows my waist or I'm just wearing something that just fits better on me and and it just makes me very aware that of gaining and losing weight is on people's radar, you know, and, and I don't like that. No. And that is something that has been, you know, heavily uh, put on women. You know, you don't go up, you know, women and, and other guys or trans people for that matter, don't go up to cisgender men and say, wow, you look really great. Like, have you lost weight? You know, yeah, you must have lost a lot of weight because you look fantastic. <laughs> right. Like, right. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been very, you know, gendered, that type of language. And I think that's the thing we need to get away from is, you know, um, gendering people. Um using that language because there are connotations associated with it. And in this day and age, it's not something that people necessarily want to hear. There's a lot more sensitivity and understanding around like, no, not everything is okay to say. Yeah. Even if it's coming from a good place. Should I look for at the third question? (laughs) generational differences between trans women. So the older generation of trans women versus the, or in comparison to the younger generation of trans women. And Zelda commented that 
she kind of felt that the younger generation is more comfortable and more out and the older generation is more willing, more wanting to kind of lay low and not be out as much. I think I'm reading that correctly. Yeah. Um, that there may be more conservative. The older generation is more conservative and the newer generation is more accepting. So this is what I'll, I'll say I've noticed. I think definitely the older you get, there, there are people who, and, and maybe this isn't so much a, uh, sorry, there's a lot of thought, there's a lot going in here and there's a lot to unpack psychologically. So I'm going to try and avoid like stages of life and, you know, what that means in terms of personal development um, and simply say that the older you get, people tend to fall into one of two camps, which is you are someone who is like a lifelong learner and is open and wants to um, always grow and challenge themselves. And then there are people who um, like things the way that they are. They want familiarity um, and, and they don't want to be challenged because those challenges seem like a threat a lot of the time. And so people want to be comfortable. They want to feel safe. And so when we talk about older people and that conservatism, a lot of times that's coming from a place of fear. And, uh, and, and again, not always, I recognize I'm generalizing here, but what it typically means is that people are less likely to be open and accepting. Now, when you were a kid and when I was a kid, it's like the world is brand new. We don't have all of these preconceptions about how the world should be. We haven't gone through all of the experiences that have molded us into the people who we are at whatever stage of life. And, you know, listen, the person I am today is certainly very, very far from the person who I was five years ago. And I don't say. Right. And so who will I be five years from now even? And that person is going to be even, you know, different from today. I don't think as different as I was five years ago, but um, when you're, when you're a kid, you're definitely more open to new experiences. You're willing to accept a lot more. Um, There's plenty of memes about like, you know, saying like one of the most, I remember there's one that says one of the most satisfying things um, that I've learned as I get older is that I'm not putting up with other people's crap anymore. Um, And I think that we do sort of put up with a lot more when we're younger because we don't have that sense of self. We're still developing who that is. Now, with respect to trans and, uh, you know, gender diverse people and non-binary people, I think that while there's a lot more acceptance today uh, because of the fact that there aren't all of the stigmas that used to exist with being trans. Like, again, I mean, I've said before, I knew 12 years before I actually transitioned that I was trans. And then I decided to go into denial and pretend it wasn't real because there wasn't the societal acceptance that exists today. There wasn't the um, the representation um, societally for me to be able to say, oh, look at all these 
other people who are trans and non-binary who are doing all these wonderful things. And, um, and, and, and in fact, a lot of the depiction was scary. Like yesterday I talked about some of the campy comedy shows, but I didn't even get to the part of boys don't cry and other depictions where it's violent and scary and not safe. And that became a big theme in movies for a while. So if yeah. I was trans, I wouldn't have wanted to come out into that world. That sounds so scary. Yes. And so that, that's where I was. And we've talked about how I didn't feel that I had the support to do it. And I didn't want to because, again, this is not a choice. This isn't something that I ever wanted for myself. It just became inevitable. Um, it was this or, you know, a, a, or, or I don't know what, um, but it wasn't going to be good. So um, that being said, I think that there are still so many kids that when they transition, uh, they still struggle with um, self-acceptance. They still struggle in a society that even, you know, now, I think it was better, you know, five or six years ago, um, than where we are now with the polarization politically um, and conservative. Oh, you think it's worse now because of politics? I think asserting it, themselves. Yeah, I mean, just look at all of like the, uh, you know, the trans uh, legislation, like things like you know uh, sports, you know, you know, trans people in sports, and how they've, you know. Po- politicians, um, conservative politicians have, you know, made that important because that's something that uh, they can politicize and there's nobody to defend uh, transgender children. And so, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but that takes an emotional toll on um, kids. Now, you know, there's because there's more acceptance and understanding that these are, you know, um, real identities, that gender is not black and white or pink and blue, that gender is a spectrum. Um, It's allowing people to be more authentic to themselves. Unfortunately, what we find in society is that a lot of the negativity is what is sensationalized. So you have a minority of voices that then get promoted because people like the news is never about like the great and wonderful things that happen. It's always about, you know, what's horrible, what's terrible. And so the the negative voices get magnified. There was a study that said bad news travels seven times faster than good news. Oh, sure. I think it travels a thousand times faster. Um, You know, you hear about bad news from around the world. You don't hear about, you know, all of the good. And the fact is that there's so much more good out there and there's so many more good people. But just like you and I and so many others, we just want to live our lives in peace. And, you know, and, and, um, and, you know, while some of us may have things that we're, you know, um, that we care about, we're not going to necessarily go out and become, you know, the poster child or the flag waver, the banner waver for a particular cause. We're not going to be that that person. That puts a target on us and a target for a lot of potentially unwanted and negative and damaging and dangerous 
attention. Yes. So that being said, um, it's it's again, um, there's there's more um, representation and with kids now feeling like they can talk about these things. And excuse me, and it isn't like this didn't happen um, 50 years ago. I mean, I just use someone who I know, for, for example, who is my age and transitioned and knew when they were a child in the 1970s that they were a woman um, assigned male at birth. And um, and so what happened was that they dealt with an incredible amount of discrimination and violence. Um, and, you know, they have said that they have enough trauma for five lifetimes as a result of that. So it isn't like this is a new thing. It's just that we hear about it more because of the fact that this is where we are with society. We are trying to be a more open and inclusive society. And as such, um, with technology and with, um, you know, I think uh, technology has a lot to do with it in terms of, you know, dissemination of information. People are seeing themselves represented more, um, even mm-hmm. kids, and recognizing like that they can be what feels authentic for them without having to have all of the trauma um, that existed, um, you know, five decades ago or more. Um, and again, remember, a lot of these people were murdered and continue to be murdered and are uh, misgendered and mistreated. And and a lot of that gets swept over and covered up by the police and by families. I've heard stories about, um, you know, trans women that were murdered. And when the families took the body, they cut their hair, put them in a suit and buried them with the name that they were assigned at birth and did not let any of their actual friends know. That is that is a very real thing that has happened and continues to happen. So um, you just don't hear about it because why? Because, you know, all that because people sorry, you know, the news makes it seem like what's, you know, conservative society or what politicians would like most of all is for us to just, you know, die and go away and pretend like we don't exist or pretend like our gender identity doesn't exist because it's seen as a threat. Mm. That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say that in the United States this year, um, there were 49 uh, trans women that were murdered. Um, And uh, so every year around this time in November, um, I, it's December now for whatever it matters. Oh, is that the day of remembrance? Yeah. Transgender day of remembrance. And I think I remember it was 49, um, people, uh, in my community that were murdered, you know, for no other reason than because they were trans. Um, and that has been the deadliest year on record. And that's just here in the United States. You go and you start counting those numbers overseas and they um, actually get very high, um, you know, into the hundreds. And I don't have an exact number. So nonetheless, we're a small population by comparison to, you know, just regular cisgender society. Um, but proportionately, we experience, a, you know, a, a great amount of violence just for being ourselves. Yeah. 
that's got to change. That's not, not great. No. And hopefully it will. And the best way that we can do that is just to continue being ourselves and, you know, recognize like, listen, like my friends are nurses and lawyers and uh, doctors and uh, business owners, uh, like successful business owners. Uh, you know, these are, you know, most of the people that I associate with. And there's so many more of us that are out there that you wouldn't even know necessarily um, as being trans because they just want to blend and they just want to live their life and be treated like the person that the identity and gender identity that they see themselves as, you know, we're not asking for special treatment. We're just asking for the same access to the same things as everybody else does. Right. Got it. Well, is there any more that you want to add? Or should we <laughs> no, I'll, just go, I'll just keep talking, you know, um, but, you know, I mean, I think like for rebuttal, like, um, I don't know if you have any input or any thoughts on any of this. There was so much information there. I was really kind of like, I was listening, absolutely listening, but I don't have anything to contribute. I don't know the stats. A lot of this information, I, I don't know as well as you do. I'm not informed enough to speak about it. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a trauma counselor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, you went to a place where it was like, I all I could do is just listen and empathize. I, I really can't contribute to that. Um, I'm sure. sorry. Fair enough. Well, then I'll just say, um, and that concludes my TED Talk. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Rage. Welcome back, Callista. Thank you. And yes. um, in an upcoming episode, we will do a deep dive on your body contouring and your recovery and see how you're, how you're dealing with that. Yes. Um, and thank you so much for your comments. Uh, happy to answer those. Um, there were other questions, I thought. Maybe we'll have another episode where we answer more questions. There are more questions, but this will go on and on. So we should break it up. So this one was about Zelda and her yes. questions. And then you took a little detour off on Bummerville, uh, <laughs> but um, all for good reason. All for yes. good reason. Yes. Um, so thank you to Zelda. And we will do another episode with other questions. So no, don't worry, folks. If you're sending us questions, we will address them. Yeah. Thank you so much. Please like, share and subscribe and uh, check us out on uh, Patreon. Uh, that link is below in the description. And we do. We so uh, appreciate your feedback, your emails. Um, uh, they definitely reach us. And um, if we don't have time to comment, uh, we do try to make time and it's greatly appreciated. We look at everything. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank you for tuning into The Rage. If you haven't done so already, please hit the like, share, and subscribe button now. We truly appreciate all your wonderful support. Find us on social media at The Rage Episodes. And leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Want to get more involved? Join us on Patreon. Supporters receive extra benefits as well as access to member-only content. Thanks again and have a beautiful day.